This episode of the Butte Industry Podcast was brought to you by Panamorphy. Hello and welcome to the Butte Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Butte Industry, Tamara Reed. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today, my guest is Kelly Noon from Skin Queen. After being fired from a job as a receptionist and industry hopping to find her passion, Kelly was lost and struggling to decide what she wanted to do for the rest of her life. A friend of hers recommended she check out laser hair removal as a treatment for herself and after a short consult with that therapist, Kelly left with the name of a college on a pink sticky note that she soon went on to study at. Post-study, Kelly found herself struggling to enjoy the industry, primarily due to crappy bosses, poor workplace culture and high daily targets that were almost impossible to meet. It wasn't until she landed her first job as an industry educator that things started to change and Kelly started to feel like she had found her place and people within the industry. The last four years in Kelly's career has seen her develop her knowledge of cosmeceuticals, ingredient technology, skin histology, advanced treatment and therapies, as well as learning how to be a facilitator of education to adult learners to ensure their knowledge retention is the highest it can be. Combine all of this with dancing on reels, incredible social media engagement and kick-ass social skills and strategy, Kelly is now teaching the industry A, how to be educated and B, how to share that education across their social media stories. Here's Kelly and I for Beauty Industry. Kelly, aka Skin Queen, welcome to the Beauty Industry podcast. Yay, I'm so excited. Long time. I'm coming finally on here. I know, I know. I've got this thing with some people how like we book like 18,000 sessions to actually get to the final recording and you are one of them and it's been like three years in the making. So welcome, friend. Yay, so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you would be familiar with this question that we start with. Uh, We always want to find out from our guests how they entered into the industry. So where did it all begin for you? I love this question because I love listening to where everybody started and um, just to sidestep for a little bit. Yesterday I was scrolling and aimlessly scrolling and I got into that like comparison mode and I was like, you know what, where did this person actually start off? And I like scrolled all the way back. So I love that you always start with this question. Um, I guess for me, it was not really knowing what I wanted to do after school as so many people come onto your podcast and actually say, And I was tossing up between going and becoming a doctor or going and doing allied health or becoming a dermatologist, something around that field. Mum is a hairdresser and I pretty much grew up in hair salons, but hair wasn't really for me. And I knew beauty wasn't for me either because the idea of waxing and painting nails, which I saw mum do as well, I was like, I just don't know if that's what I'm going to be passionate about. And I still remember to this day, and I've 
still friends with this person. She was going and getting, a friend was going and getting laser hair removal. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, where are you getting that done? And she told me the name. I booked in for a consult. And I was like speaking to the therapist saying, how does somebody get a job like this? And I still remember she wrote down the name of the college on like this tiny little bit of paper and I folded it up and I put it in the zip part in my wallet. I was like, okay, cool. I'll look into that. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I applied, I got into my dermal therapies and fell in love instantly, which was such a relief because from there I had studied so many different things. I did hospitality. I did um, allied health. I did medical receptionist. I think I did a bit of tourism just for something to do. And I was pretty sure that I was like just going to be this traveling hippie all over Europe. If it wasn't (laughs) for dad being like, just get a degree and then you're world's your oyster, then you can go be a traveling hippie. Then I probably wouldn't have kept pursuing it, but so glad I did because I immediately knew like, that's where I found my passion. I was like, yes, this is my people. I'm loving this. And you know, parts with flying colors. Cause here I am. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Hey, I, I actually don't think we've had somebody on this podcast who hasn't gone beauty dermal and you just went straight dermal. I don't think we've had anyone who's just gone straight dermal. Yeah. I was going to point that out, but I was like, does that make me look, um, not professional, but no, I had to go through a bit of a process to still get into that. I remember the teacher being like, or the, I don't know what they call her, like the head of the university. She was just like, look, if you haven't done beauty, I think you're going to really struggle. I recommend going back and doing beauty. And I was like, these are the reasons why I don't want to. This is why I really want to get into dermal. And she made me do like a written exam on like current trends within the industry. I wasn't even in the industry then. So I had to find all this out and had to have an interview. And I think there was only me and one other person who came from a nutrition background who got in without doing beauty Um, which is interesting though, because I don't want to like say anything bad and put bad juju, but a lot of these beauty classes or dermal or anything, they always start off so big in the beginning and then people drop off along the way because they're like, actually, this isn't for me. And it was interesting because a lot of beauty students actually did that. And I think by the time we got to graduation, there was only eight people and it was myself and one of the, my nutritionist friend who actually made it into those eight people. So I was like, well then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That's really cool. And so you went, as you said, hospitality, you did, um, you know, a bit of tourism, a, a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was your jam once you got into dermal that you were like, yeah, cool. This is, this is for me. I think it was the skin science, <laughs> the biology, the chemistry, the technology, working with lasers, skin kneeling, wound healing. I was just like, oh, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. <laughs> That's really cool. And and something that I hear a lot from a lot of studying people is that like the beauty world looks very shiny and glamorous and then they get out into the industry and they're like, oh, is this it? Um, you know, when you got out into industry, did you like still feel that same love for it? Or did you think that it wasn't what you thought it was in studying or from the outside of the industry looking in where you're like, okay, this is exactly what I thought. It's, it's treating people with laser. I can definitely see why people get like that. And I think when you're inside a university, it is all a little bit smoke and mirrors, a little bit rose colored glasses. And then when you do go out and you have to deal with real life clients, it can be a little bit of a shock to the system. But I think because I went into working at a laser clinic doing like skin needling, doing laser, doing IPL rejuvenation, like I was working with the technology, you know, started off pretty much day one with cosmeceutical training. I was like, no, I definitely love this. But, 
you know, at first when I first entered the industry and when I got my first job, I wasn't in it for very long and I was disheartened quite quickly. Like I think my first job only lasted three months and I was like, oh, is this actually what I want to do forever? Like have I gotten into the right profession? And, you know, along the way and sticking true to what I actually wanted to do, that's where I've found my love with everything else that I'm doing now. So, you know, the long-winded answer to this is when I first entered, no, but now that I've stuck it through, like it's definitely everything I imagined. So, yeah, super appreciative of all my decisions that I've made. Yeah, so, so good. And, hey, we will get to Skin Queen, but you've had a step there from um, therapist to Skin Queen, which was educator. Um, Tell me about that. What made you go into education and and how did you find, you know, travelling around and teaching um, everyone how to do all the things? Yeah, (laughs) including myself. Um, I think that was also like a little bit of a... um, a bit of a surprise and delight job, which was awesome. As I just said, like I didn't last very long in my first job due to high pressure selling, <laughs> which I passionately talk about and just bad team culture, you know, poorly run businesses. And from there I was like, okay, what would I ideally like to do? By that point, I'd already attended two different product trainings and I still remember the first product training and the educator, she like flew from Sydney she was dressed immaculately she had like a Louis Vuitton handbag and she was like after the training I can't stay and chat because I'm flying back to Sydney and then off to Melbourne tomorrow and I was like oh my gosh like how do you get this job (laughs) and so when I left my first job I was like okay what do I want to do write down my top five jobs top five places I want to work at and I literally just applied left right and center they weren't all educator jobs I actually applied as a counter manager for one of the positions and I was like, no, I really want to work with this skincare brand. That would be amazing. I sent my resume in on Facebook, on Instagram. I sent it to like the customer support email that was on the back of one of their products I was using. Like I was like, this is the one that I want. And enthusiasm obviously paid off because I still remember somebody from reception calling me pretty much the next day saying like, we've received your resume five different ways. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thank God people are checking their, um, you know, message requests. And she was like, would you be keen for an interview? And I was like, yep, hundred percent. I'm down for it. But ended up having an interview with their CEO. And I still remember to this day, like, I have no idea what I was getting myself back into (laughs) back then. Um, The interview was like at the Hilton in Brisbane and she was sitting there with her two laptops and her mobile phones and coffees and looking like, I always say Meryl Streep from The Devil Wears Prada, just looking (laughs) glamorous and amazing once again. And here I am going for a little counter manager position at David Jones. And she was like, I actually think you'd be quite bored in that job. And I was like, oh, no like this is what I wanted to do she's like we might have something better for you but um we'll have I'll give you a call in the next few days and then they'd actually created the position for me so I still remember when I had my second interview my manager at the time she was like I don't really know what I'm interviewing you for um I think they're creating something and I was like okay cool (laughs) and a week later got the phone call and said we'd actually like to make you our state-based educator and I was like I have no idea what this is but I'm saying yes and learned it along the way and had so much training and development along the way so a little bit of a fluke as I said but definitely 
definitely something else that I'm so appreciative for in my industry. And so many people over the past few years have said to me, like, how did you get into it? And I'm like, honestly, I'm not the right person to ask. <laughs> it's a bit of a fluke. So, I mean, you could try the option that I did. It would never hurt. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, that persistence pays off so much. I've said this um, on the podcast before, but that's how um, Marianne, who's our Butte intern, got her job as, as Butte intern ah. because she like emailed me week after week after week and was like, I need to work at Butte Industry. And I was like, no, right. like we, we don't, we don't do interns. We don't, I don't have any roles for you. I did like, she's a dermal therapist um, and she's studying. And I said, we don't do treatments, you know, I, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. And um, then she came back and she said, well, let me tell you all the things I can do. I can write, I can do reels, I can do socials, I can do blogs. And then I was like, radio, come on, you're in, you're in. I love <laughs> that. Good on her. And she's going to go so far in the industry just because of that approach and just because of that whole attitude, which is so awesome to hear. Absolutely. And so when you're like, oh, I'm not the right person to ask, I think you're the perfect person to ask because we need some of that resilience. We know we need the hunger for jobs these days. I think there's a real attitude of, oh, I can get whatever job I want and I'm going to ask for $48 an hour and no overtime and uh, no Saturdays and no late nights. And I'm like, no, we need the hunger back in our industry. So I love that resilience and email the five different people, get it. (laughs) Well, I think that's the thing, like, there's a difference between just getting a job for the sake of it and actually getting yourself a career. And, you know, for me, I had had a bad experience with my first job and I was like, I don't want that. I still remember in my interview, I said, like, I'm looking for my forever place. I just need to find my people. I just want to settle into my career and actually get on with it. And she was like, yeah, I would totally agree. I think that's what you need to. So, you know, there's a lot of lessons to learn there. Yes. And so it was through your education roles that you started to have this little sprinkling or sparkling of an idea and then kind of skin queen was born. So I love hearing about the startup phase of businesses. Like what was that light bulb moment where you went, this could be a business and how do I make this? And then what's the first thing you do? Create an IG handle? Like (laughs) where do you go? (laughs) And that's something I often say to business owners, like it's more than just creating a Instagram handle, but that seems to be the first step that everybody does but um you know it just really started off as a hobby because I was really learning so much about the skin and so much about skincare and I've spoken about this a few times but people just started saying I thought I'd come to you because you're the skin queen and I think my best friend actually coined the term and often my best friend and boyfriend argue about this and they're like no it was me no it was me but um, they were like, oh, see, you know, the answers, you're the skin queen. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Had a look on Instagram. It wasn't there. So I was like, well, I'm going to claim that one. Um, but for me, like it started off helping people with social media in the beauty industry because throughout being an educator and working with so many different clinics, so many people were saying like, oh, I'm not really good with social media. Like watching you, you look really good. Can you help me? And I like was having the same conversations over and over and over again. So I thought I should just make this into an ebook and had that ebook for about maybe 12 to 18 months before I realized like, actually, I've made quite a lot of money from this ebook. Maybe it's time to turn this into a business. And I probably had the idea about this time last year to formalize it and actually start turning it into a proper business. So it's been a wild ride so far when I look back at how much I've achieved in the past year. 
Um, but really it's come out of a need. Like it wasn't something that I'd ever planned to go off and do. It's just something that I've seen lots of people in the industry need help with. And I'm like, well, I, I'm really passionate about that. Like I know how to do that. And I love helping people with that. And I've got the skills where I can train people to do it themselves. So why don't I start doing that and brand it under Skin Clean, which I'm really enjoying, really loving. After the break, Kelly talks to us about the jump that it takes from going from a solid job to a startup business. But first, a word from today's Beauté partner. The Otoderm Hyperbaric Oxygen System is an essential tool for clean, revitalised skin. The top layer of our skin, or epidermis as you know it, functions as a barrier to many things that can harm us, but in the process it also suffers the detrimental impacts of environmental pollutants. In an industrial age consumed by rampant air pollution, stress, constant technology use and less than perfectly healthy diets, our skin is especially prone to premature ageing, inflammation and other conditions. And that is where Otoderm comes in. This revolutionary system features both an oxygen dome and an oxygen infusion gun to re-energize skin cells and turn back the clock on aging as it permeates much needed purified oxygen and vitamins into your client's skin. It is essential for absolutely anyone to help get their client's skin brighter, clear and healthier. This treatment can also be done regularly as desired and may be combined with any facial you've got in your clinic or can be used solo. To learn more about how the O2Derm can benefit your clinic or salon, visit www.panamorphy.shop today. Thank you so much to the team at Panamorphy for making this episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Kelly. I think a lot of people go, I want to do a lot of different things, but our advice is continuously niche down, niche down, niche down, just do one thing. But under the Skin Queen banner, you do two things. So you very much do your social media strategies and you don't run people's social media, but you give them the tools and equip them to help them do it themselves. But then you also have the other branch, which is like dermal therapy and skin education. So how do you kind of balance both of those things? Yeah, still figuring that out myself. But I think what I've come to learn is that people want help because they're watching me do it and they want to emulate that. So I'm only sharing from my own experience, but at the end of the day, even if we are learning about skin and educating ourselves, we then want to market that to our clients so that they can actually, you know, bring money in, bring clients in. And so the cycle goes. So I've worked so hard on my mission statement for the past 12 months. And I feel like it's ever changing Like I might change it one word here and there. I'm like, no, that doesn't sound good. Like, do I like that? But I guess overall for Skin Queen, like my mission is to build and create skin experts and then help them to showcase that on social media through their own mission and vision statement. So whilst there's two parts, it kind of flows on nicely from each other. But I think initially too, what I thought is the social media side, I'll be helping beauty business owners with and the skin education side, I'll be helping the therapists in the industry with. But, you know, the more that I actually do market research and learn about the industry, there's like 60% of the industry are all sole traders. They are the business owner and the therapist in the one. So they want help with the both. So that's why I really had to focus hard on the past 12 months months to really blend that mission statement so it's really clear on what I can do to help business owners but at the same time so many people 
And this is why I love doing social media for the beauty industry. So many people have spent so much money on social media managers or strategists that aren't within the industry. And they just come back feeling really defeated and almost robbed of their money because they're like, they just didn't get it at all. They don't understand the industry. And I get it because our industry is quite unique. Like I don't know too many other industries that are like this. And my partner is big into cars, but he says like the car industry isn't really as tight knit and as helpful as the beauty industry. So I guess that I like the way that I always say to people is I can put that beauty industry spin on it because I'm in it and I get it and I'm down in the trenches with you. Yes. So much. Yes. And you know, when you think about a social media strategy and a business and the content that they're putting out onto social media, they have to have the knowledge behind the layers of the skin and the ingredients and the technology and how that works on the skin, because that's the type of content that they should be putting on their social media. So it actually, though it kind of feels like two opposite ends of a business, it actually does marry really succinctly. Yeah, definitely. And the more and more that I've gotten into it, the more that I'm like, no, actually, yes, this blends well. When you have a good mission statement that ties it all together, it makes you really clear on what you're working on. Totally. And I want to go back one step um, because you and I had a conversation probably a good two years ago now. Hey, and, um, you know, you were like, I'm in my full-time job, but I love Skin Queen. I know it can be a business. I know like this is such a thing. And again, that that passion and determination from your end came out. And I think that, well, I know that because I have this conversation a lot with people that there are a lot of people at home listening to this podcast and also not listening. Where are you? But, um, you know, they're like <laughs> wanting to make that leap as well. Like I'm in this thing. I, it's my side hustle, if you will, that Gary V terminology, but I want to make the leap to, to do it full time. How did you kind of grapple with that? And then what was that thing that made you go, okay, stuff it. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> the real answer or the shiny answer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like this is something that I'm still coming to terms with. And as you know, because we've had more than one conversation about this over the past few years, but like, I think it's a mindset and I really like, if I, if I decided 12 months ago that I was going to do this, I don't think I would have been where I am right now because it was definitely a mindset journey, but it's all about believing in yourself. And when you have a really clear vision and I'm so big into manifestation of my Pinterest boards for manifestation, <laughs> I was like, is my full-time job going to actually do that for me? And not even in terms of like, financial prosperity but also in what I want my lifestyle to look like am I going to be able to help as many people as I want am I going to authentically be able to share my story and my passion and in the end just the values didn't align and I think that was the tipping point for me because I had already kind of made the decision to be like do you know what I've come this far to not like I'm not just gonna leave it at that I've got to keep going and you know just take a chance because at the end of the day there's no shortage of jobs within the industry. So I always thought, you know, if shit goes sour, I can always go get another job. But working on your mindset is everything because if you have a little bit of a negative mindset and we all have days where we have negative thoughts, but if you have any little bit of a negative mindset, you're not going to have that faith in yourself when you take the leap. So if you're working as a side hustle and you're like, do you know what? I'm thinking that this could be what I want to do, just do it because what's the worst that could happen? And, you know, for most of us in the industry, we're still so young. And as long as you've got a little bit of a 
um, plan B or safety net. Actually, I shouldn't even say that because I had a friend to me the other day say that um, if you have a plan B that you're 56% more likely to fail your plan A. So I shouldn't actually encourage a plan B, but if you've got a little bit of a safety net in terms of savings and, you know, just go for it because it's honestly the best thing ever (laughs) and everything's a journey. I think often we compare ourselves, as I just said, to, you know, somebody's day or year three, but, you know, everybody starts, once again, I'll quote Gary V. everybody starts with zero followers and zero dollars in business. So you've just got to start somewhere. And that's what I keep reminding myself. Now, when I look at it, you know, only working for myself full time for probably just over two months, I'm like, okay, well, if this is what I can achieve in this time, imagine where I'll be in 12 months. So it's just having that positive mindset and looking forward into the future. But, you know, we're in Australia. We're not in a really terrible country, as some might like to argue, but we've got so much opportunity here. We're such a first world country. I just think, why not? Mm, totally totally absolutely and you know you don't want to live that life with regrets um I've been I've been watching Love Island UK recently I'm so behind so don't tell me who wins I don't want to know no, don't watch it. Um, but um he there's this one guy on there Toby and he's making all of these terrible decisions with all of these girls and he's like ping-ponging back and forth between these Typical. girls and yeah I know right and his piece to camera he keeps saying I don't want to live a life with regrets I don't want to live a life with regrets and you know and it's made me think a lot about regrets and and living life and and I'm kind of like hey yeah I'm with you though what you're doing is shitty to these girls I also don't want to live a life with with regrets you know so um yeah I I totally understand that yeah well only you can live your life at the end of the day so like if you're constantly doing it to please others and doing what you think is right rather than what you feel is right I think that's something else that I've really had to hone into recently is like you know what is the right thing in quotation marks to do but what in your heart feels right Because if you're going to constantly do something that doesn't feel aligned, then you're going to end up burnt out, anxious, unhappy, resentful. And so really tune into what feels right, because that's what's going to drive you forward. Mm, Totally, totally. And just putting that resilience out there, you know, and, and you girl work hard like you're sometimes dropping like two three reels a day so I'm like when is she having all this time to create the content but I want to ask you about the reels and the videos and things like that because it does take um, big boobs you know to get the courage and, and go out there and get on social media and put your face out there and you're like not only putting your face out there but you're dancing around you're doing all these fun <laughs> things and like your sexy little legs and your high heels and things like that so how, like how do you, I mean, have you ever been shy in front of the camera? Are you just like quite a natural person in front of the camera? How do you go about that? Oh gosh, definitely not um, (laughs) natural in front of the camera. I've even got butterflies sitting here on Zoom with you now, which is funny. Um, But I think a little while ago, I had a business owner and this is like early into my stage, but I had a business owner reach out to me on Instagram and she asked me like a question. She was in regional New South Wales and she was coming to Brisbane um, for a hen's weekend. She wanted to get her hair done and skin done. She was like, where can I go? And I said to her, long time no see, how have you been? She's like, yeah, I feel the same, but I see you all the time on your stories on Instagram. So I feel like I'm up to date with you and I feel like I see you all the time. That's why I messaged you because I felt so comfortable just to reach out. Like we were just having a normal conversation. And it was at that moment that I was like, 
do you know what? Showing up on stories and showing my face isn't actually about me anymore because people are starting to feel like they're connecting to me and they know me. Mm. And that's everything in business. And that's everything when you're building a personal brand full stop. So, you know, even if you're a therapist who works for somebody else, but you've got your own Instagram handle and you're wanting to build that brand, you want people to feel like they know you and they're connected to you. And I'm sure even people listening to this podcast now, they're going to recognize my voice and it's going to be such a sense of familiarity because they've heard me on Instagram before. And that's everything. Um, one of my business coaches that I am now working with after wanting to work with her for five years has always like harped on about build an audience and build that know, like, and trust factor. So that's something that I really live and die by because it's so important with everything that we do. And so if anybody's ever a little bit nervous about showing their face, I think just take yourself out of it. And I always say to everybody, don't watch it back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We all hate the sound of our own voice. We're all of our worst critics. And the reality is though, when your ideal target audience is actually looking at it, when your clients are watching it, when potential new clients are looking at it, that it's just going to build that familiarity and they're just going to be like, oh, look, it's such and such. And I do it now with some of my clients. I've got clients in Darwin, in WA, in Tasmania. And when I see that, I've even got clients in England actually on that that I was just speaking to. When I see their faces on social media, I'm like, oh, look, it's Lynn. Oh, look, it's Helena. And it's like a warming feeling for me. And I say that, I'm like, oh, it's so nice to see your face. And they're like, oh, thank you. Like I look shit here. And I'm like, no, I didn't notice that at all. It was just so nice to see your face because, you know, we haven't seen anybody in such a long time apart Mm -hmm. from on Zoom. So I think when you're, you know, looking to do it yourself and you're like, oh, I don't know, take yourself out of the equation as much as that sounds silly because you're filming yourself and just think I'm doing it for people who are going to get to know me. Because we live, not live, but we actually work and have created such a experience and personal industry where people are coming to your business to see you and they formed a connection with you. And I said this the other day um, in something that I was doing, I was saying, think about like your hairdresser, think about your personal trainer, think about the person who trains your dog or looks after your kids or makes your coffee. Like if you don't like them, in any little way, like if you're like, no, I don't like their hair, you're not going to go back and see them. And that's just the reality of humans. So, you know, the more that we can connect with somebody, the more people will feel connected with us and want to be loyal to us. And the more you'll build a really successful brand. It's the same with yourself. Like, you know, your voice, whenever anybody hears your voice, whenever anybody sees your branding, they automatically think of you too. So just the power of connection. Yeah, the power of good branding. And and as you said, like you're you're so much more than just what you think, you know, like there's so many times where I've had a crappy hair day or haven't been bothered to do my makeup or whatever. And I've gone, do you know what? I'm just going to get on quickly to this live in our community and just quickly say this, this, and this. And then when I jump off, everyone's like, oh my God, da, da, da. I'm so glad you popped in today. I was, you know, having a bit of a crappy day and da, da, da. And it is like, you, you've kind of got to go, it's not about me anymore. Like it's about the people. It's about my audience, you know, and for us as therapists, estheticians, you know, it's about the client for us as managers. It's about the team for us as business owners. It's about, you know, whoever we support in that business owner capacity, like it's always bigger than us, you know, and, and that's a really good message actually to, to say, get in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and I think what you just said there, like 
that really highlights it. Imagine if a client came into the room and they were getting treated for acne. We're not standing there the whole time being like, oh my gosh, do they worry about my hair? Oh my gosh, is my lipstick okay? Like we literally do not even care because we're there to service that person and help that person and help that person feel amazing. And the same should translate on social media. It's something that I talk so passionately about all the time. I'm sure people are overhearing it from me all the time, but it's just all about building a no like and trust factor. Absolutely. So, hey, I've just um, realized that you jumped ship, uh, jump ship, took the leap, I should say, from <laughs> full-time business into your own business in the middle of a bloody pandemic. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> That's amazing. I doubt a little bit still. I was like, have I done this at the wrong time? But it goes back to what we just said. I'm like, look, even if people financially not in the right place to be purchasing from me now like I'm building a brand I'm building my connection I'm building my audience I'm building my authority so even next year when we're flourishing and you know this whole dreaded c word is a forgotten about we're like huh what's a lockdown (laughs) they'll be like okay where can I spend my money oh that's right I've been watching skin queen I'm gonna go to her and I think that's with anything like I've done a couple of guest um, blogs and things like that for different brands throughout this period where they're saying, what's your advice to business owners through lockdown? How can they, you know, stay motivated and stay connected with their clients? And I'm like social media because they're all at home bored. And so you need to be getting in front of that camera. And, you know, when you reopen, people who might not even be visiting you right now will be reaching out and wanting to visit you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the best businesses who have just absolutely thrived through this COVID time are the ones who have activated the shit out of their social media. Mm -hmm. Like they have created VIP Facebook groups. They've got on the reels. They've done all the things. They've spoken to their audience every single day on socials or not every day, you know, but consistently on socials, they've posted, they've checked in like that. That's the power of social media. and, And yeah, like we should just be using it to the fullest. Yeah, either like smart marketing and smart activation or like complete boredom and, okay, I'll give this a crack. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I haven't figured out which one yet. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me then, you've kind of um, expanded your offering with Skin Queen because now you're doing um, in-person events and obviously you've got your membership Mm -hmm. and all of the different things. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you made that decision to go, okay, this is actually more than social media strategy or just teaching somebody about the skin. You know, I've, I've got so much more to offer. Yes. And I still feel like that's a little bit of a, um, work in progress, but I, once again, like everything with Skin Queen has been such a natural progression. And I'm so thankful for that because I've created a business around the problems to create that missing link as such rather than I'm going to do this I don't care if people need it or not and then when nothing works then blaming you know everybody else Mm -hmm. but so I definitely do still help people with social media through my membership because I can get more reach then Um, I decided to do a little in-person event which I'm like nervous but excited about purely because I went to a two-day business retreat myself and it was, I keep using the word expansive because that's the only way I can describe it. And, you know, for, as I said, most of the beauty industry is self-employed and sole traders. And for a long time, I was just at home every day, working on my laptop, really getting stuck into it, like not complaining, loving it, but it can be a little bit demotivating with only my dog to talk to. (laughs) 
so when this came up, I was like, oh, that'll be really cool to connect with other business owners. And it was so motivating. You know, they were all in different areas of business. Somebody was a business coach. Somebody was a photographer. Somebody was an interior designer. So just learning how they implement things and do things in their business was amazing. Not to mention, we all got to bounce ideas off each other for our own businesses. And I was like, I need to do more of these because it really re-energized me. It gave me so many new ideas. I came back with such excitement and motivation to do new things in my business. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to start investing in more of these things to me because look at what it's doing for me and my business. But there's not a lot out there. And I was like, what about the beauty industry? Like surely somebody's doing it in here and there isn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe there'll be more next year when we're in a little bit more safer waters. But I thought, do you know what? I'd love to do this with just a small group of five or so women, just have a two-day event. Day one is all about business, mindset, growing a business, scaling a business, social media marketing, all the favorite things that I love helping people with. And then day two is my second love and that's talking about skin science and you know the response has just been amazing I think people are excited for something like this and I think from there the energy will brew and then hopefully I can start doing a few more of those but you know in terms of offerings I think I'll definitely start doing a little bit more business centric um, coaching and mentoring because once again with people watching my own journey and I'm only at the very beginning of my journey but I'm having so many people reach out to me saying can you mentor me can I book you in for half a day can I work with you for the next three months can I work with you for the next six months I've even had a client and she's like oh you're my person forever now like that's it every quarter I'm paying your bill and you're with me forever now and I'm only <laughs> two or three steps ahead of her so I'm like oh I don't know like it's good motivation though to put me Like I've got to keep my skills current and keep learning and developing so then I can help these people. So I'm really grateful. And I think that's the direction that will eventually go, which is exciting. I actually had a soul reading last Friday, a bit woo-woo. And she was like, you know, you're hesitating on that next business move, but it's definitely for you. And I was like, okay. And it does feel so good because, you know, when people say, hey, I've implemented what you've shared with me and I've gotten these results or you know, I've spent so much money on coaches and eBooks and programs before, and you are by far the best. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually helping people that's kind of in their business. Like I've always loved doing that in my job. Um, Cause a clinical educator with skincare companies is a little bit business development manager as well. So I've always looked at, you know, how can they scale their sales? How can they market things differently? How can you sell through those slow moving products? Um, you know, how can you activate something and get the best return on investment for it? So I guess it's kind of blending now what I've learned with my online skills with that world and just elevating it to a whole new level, which I'm really enjoying. Oh, this is so exciting. And hey, I feel like it might be a pre, um, premature to ask this next question to wrap up, but I'm sure we might have a part two of your career, like two or three years down the track, once you've got this skin queen mega empire, um, which you will have because That's we're putting it out there, right? Yes. <laughs> Light that neon sign up. Um, but tell me, is there anything that you could tell your younger self? Um, and if so, what would that be? I mean, if you think back to Kelly who was like kind of in limbo doing the tourism and the hospitality and the allied health and all the things just going where's my place like if you could tell her something what would that be build an audience sooner (laughs) that's such a marketing thing for me to say Um, I think just invest in yourself 
I think what I'm quickly learning is that sometimes you do just have to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And I think my younger self was always like, I'd love to be able to do that, but, you know, was big on traveling and partying and buying the expensive bags and the clothes. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today and in the past 12 months if it wasn't for all the investments I've made in the past 12 months. So I think I tell myself, just invest in yourself, try lots of different things, you know, find out what you like and yeah, build an audience. But that goes to anybody. Like I think we can all be a little bit scared to invest in ourselves sometimes, but you know, when you look at the different things that you can invest in, I'm sure you're always going to be the best bet and you're always going to get the best return on investment for yourself. I love that. That's really sage advice to finish us off with today. Kelly, thank you so much for coming and having a chat with me. It's been an absolute treat. Thank you. I'm so excited. I can't believe how quick that went. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies when you're having a chat. That's it. Ah, isn't Kelly's energy just absolutely infectious? I just love so much how she's harnessed exactly what she wants to do and she's kept that tunnel vision the entire way, though she still has two streams and also left her full-time job. So an absolute queen and a skin queen at that. You can find more from Kelly on the gram, of course, at Skin Queen, which we will link in our bio if you want to swipe up and have a little stalk. And hey, you might even find some inspiration in Kelly's feed doing a little reel or a post or even a story. So go on over and follow her and have a little look. Until next time, stay connected.